0: Scary movie. You're
1: listening to Stop Horror Time, the podcast where two LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film...
0: And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. And we're in the same room. Ah! Yeah. yeah, I'm recording from Elle's room right now, because I'm in New York freaking city, baby. So this is a very special episode of Stop Horror Time. Fuck yeah. This has never happened before, I don't think. I think we, no. like, we like, talked about it one time, and, like, then I was like, I don't feel like watching Wake and Fright. Or it was, like, something oh, like yeah. that. I was like, I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> I cannot watch that for a second time in a week. Um, so we, we nixed that, I remember. But, um, yeah. So we thought we'd do something special since I'm in New York City, which is the city of theater. Um, mm-hmm. So we're doing a musicale called Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It's the, what we're reviewing is not the, the, the motion picture by Tim Burton, which no. <laughs> um, we're, we, I thought we'd spice things up a bit and do a pro shot of a theater production because theater should be accessible. Um, yes. We believe that here at Stop Horror Time. Um, so there's a pro shot of the 1982 tour with Angela Lansbury and George Hearn. That's what we're going to be reviewing. Go look it up. It's, fucking fabulous. It's, it raised me. It's, (laughs) um, so Sweeney Todd, for those who don't know, is a musical by the the late, great Stephen Sondheim about a barber who kills people, and then his land landlady, would we call her, downstairs bakes them into pies. She'd pop (laughs) them pussies into pies. (laughs) It's a goddamn masterpiece, and yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) So, I don't know. What was your first like experience with Sweeney Todd?
1: Unfortunately it was the two thousand Okay. Don't um, say <laughs> yeah. I know
0: I know Johnny Depp sucks, yeah. Now, but I like it. It was the movie. The movie. Yeah. It was the movie. Okay. Okay. So. just cute just curious. So yeah. when did you first see this version?
1: Um, I actually saw this one I think in the like almost mid two thousand tens. I saw it. I was looking in I was in my library, which is where I found it um so check out your library local library they may have a copy available um otherwise it is on broadway hd to view um and i just saw it in the musical section and i was like oh i've never seen this version of an actual like it's an actual theater production and not like a a movie uh written and staged all kind of stuff and i love angela lansbury so i watched that and i absolutely loved it um Angel is a great Mrs. Lovett. And George Hearn was so extra. as He's
0: so extra, but you gotta be. You uh... gotta be.
1: It yeah. was fantastic. I loved it. Absolutely.
0: I definitely got into a lot of arguments in high school over George Hearn, because I'm a George Hearn defender. and like, yes. It was like George Hearn versus Len Cario versus Michael Cerberus at the time. Mm. Um, you now Josh Grobin's in the mix, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <I guess>. um. <laughs> if we must. Um... I don't know. Where do we start? How do, how do you talk about Sweeney Todd? It's, like, There's definitely going to be spoilers. The, oh, yeah. There's going to be spoilers. Sorry for a, a 40, 50 year old play, whatever. <laughs> um, so Sweeney is this barber who was wrongly incarcerated because this judge, this evil judge, had the hots for his wife and sent him away to Australia on a false charge. And so he's back 15 years later. He's found out that his wife poisoned herself and his baby daughter is now the ward of this evil judge. And so he just is already like not great in the head. <laughs> and he has this crazy landlady
1: named Mrs. Lovett
0: who times are hard for her because there's no great access to meat for her meat pie business. And what once he, he doesn't accidentally kill, he kills a man, you know, because oh, yeah. you gotta. Um, and she gets the bright idea to <laughs> use the meat for pies. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept! Sweeney Todd, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's this sailor, Anthony, who, I guess, I think, Sweeney escaped, right? He,
1: like, he got found on a raft, like, I think his ship wrecked or something, and Anthony was, like, on his own little sailboat and uh, ran across Sweeney, and they kind of became friends, I guess, on the way back to London.
0: To Anthony, they're friends, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, I trust you with my life, and Sweeney's like, I fucking hate that guy. Um, But he ends up falling in love with Sweeney's daughter, Joanna. There's many songs about Joanna. There's a song that's not in this production that it was cut. From, I think it was cut from Bra- the original Broadway production. And then it was in the revival, the first revival, the, the yeah. 2005 revival called the Judge's Joanna, where he is like flagellating himself while singing about her. Oh my God. I don't know why people don't want to do it. It sounds great. <laughs> but anyways, and yeah, Joanne the... So my my intro to Sweeney was Joanna's song "Green Finch and Linnet Bird" because my voice teacher was like, "You should sing this," and I was like, "This is fucking insane. What you, do you you want me to sing this at, I'm like 15." Um, but that's how I found out about Sweeney <laughs> Good times. Wonderful. So like I I love what I love about
1: this is like how simple the setup is in terms of like the staging and like props used because um, they like they turn the The one big thing that they've built is like a three sixty uh little house almost yeah with the like access to the the barber shop is right on top via some stairs that are attached to it and when you turn it around one eighty there's the parlor that's uh, Mrs. Lovett's parlor mm. and then the front is the meat pie uh counter and shop um and then they just had like some little um I guess they had, like, some catwalks and stuff around to, for, like, for people to walk around and for staging purposes. Um, but there's not, like, a huge, big setup with it, like, I've seen with other musicals. Like, like if you went and saw, like, Wicked, that's a big... Oh, no, this is This is very simple in terms yeah. of it. Do you do you like how simple it is? Do you think it should ever, like,
0: expand and have more set to it? Or do you think it's it works best? It's something I never really thought of, honestly, until you brought it up, because... <laughs> I mean, are we comparing this to the revival? Did they have more of a set? No, it was that? pretty similar. Yeah, of. I feel like this is one of those things where the, the music speaks for itself. And, like, the... Not to bring up 2005 again, but that one is, like, <laughs> very minimal staging. Like, mm. um, very. It's John Doyle being, like, wild and out, you know? Um, <laughs> but I think it works. I'm... Yeah, because... <laughs> not to get Aristotle's poetics into no, all of right. this <laughs> to talk about like spectacle being because that's wicked spectacles first yeah but it, this this is so well written that you don't you don't need a huge set and like mm. one thing I would say though I mean I would love a production of this with like a splash zone with so mm-hmm. I guess that is spectacle <laughs> yeah, to just, know, spectacle. For the yeah. kills to just be like you know really get them with to it. really mm-hmm. get them yeah that would be my only thing that would be my, but I'm not saying that this. You don't. You have to do it that way, Um, but yeah, I think it's all in the performance and the music. Um, But I definitely want to see. I guess that's the one thing I would updo. But I'm fine with the set. Yeah, the set is something. I I love how there's just like cast members that are just like casually like they have to just wander on and turn it around. That's how the (laughs) set turns. Like here we go. They're like we don't have a revolving stage. This ain't lame (laughs) is. This is Sweeney. Yeah, that was a very long answer to your question. So. No, you're
1: fine. I like Splash it. zone! Splash zone! Splash zone for Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I do like how they, I've, cause it's the way that they do the, the sliding of the victims, um, cause this one, like, they go like, they, the chair always, like, becomes completely straight, and then he slides them down the chute to go into the bakehouse to mm-hmm. be made into pies. And in the nineteen eighty-two production in this one, it's feet first, but in the in the new revival one, they just kind of go
0: backwards. Oh, they got that from the movie though. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's fun. <laughs> like you, and you like just watch them go down this thing, this huge this long slide, and like if they during rehearsals, they go, Wee. Wee. We <laughs> slide it. So but I I really love it. I love the little um i like the little like there's like a little side story going on like, along with the main plot and then mrs love just having fun here and
0: she's just enjoying the whole thing and she is god forbid women do anything <laughs> god forbid <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah her songs are great she's definitely like a dream role if i ever do act again it would be great to be mrs love she's when amazing all, yeah um we we talked about how there should be like an all female version of this but that's me with anything. Mm. Yeah. Um do you have a favorite song? Oh gosh. It's hard. I
1: really love a little priest. It's, that's that's yeah. like one of my favorites I love listening to. Um and also um oh what's the one where he almost had Judge Tur- Turpin but then Anthony Pretty Bustin, Women? Uh the one Epiphany? After that. Epiphany, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's just like just snapped. <laughs> he's <wilding> out. <laughs> he's so <Yeah>.
0: crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, th- this blends this blends the darkness and the humor so well, and a, a little priest is a great example of that. That's when Mrs. Lovett first gets the idea and shares it with him of of baking people into pies for good good for business. Um, <laughs> the amount and, of puns. And in there's it. so <laughs> many puns. Yeah, there's so many fucking puns, and they are just laughing at their own puns. I've heard people refer to this song as like the foreplay for them. Like this is their foreplay, and then Act Two, they've already fucked. <laughs> and it's just business as usual and that's like So when he's back on his bullshit of like oh Lucy like, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is such a funny. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but that's why I, no I won't I won't talk about a production I haven't seen. I won't bring up the revival No, that's okay. You talk about stuff that Natalie Ashford does that just seems almost like too much. like Angela Lansbury does the perfect amount of too much. like yeah, in by the sea especially. like she doesn't need to sit on his lap. That's not what she's doing because he would definitely notice that. What she's like? Yeah, she's like almost. She's, well, she's like almost sitting on his lap. Okay. So like, she's not completely on it, but she's like really, really like close to him. And it's it's funny to watch Sweeney during that song because you know she's she's <laughs> tr- fucking with him and he's just like he's reacting, but he's not all there. Yeah. Is the thing like because like you do notice when someone's like touching you but he's like I'm not into this right now <laughs> kind of thing. But like also trying to like yes I do. I do. like oh, yeah. it's literally a marriage. It's a it's a boring he's he's like trapped in a marriage again. Um trapped in a marriage when you still love your ex or something like kind of stuff. Honestly, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah I haven't gotten over them. like like, Lucy, Lucy's ghost that's not really a ghost because she's alive. And, oh, he fucked that one up, didn't he? Spoilers, oh. oh. <laughs> how do, Okay. Do you think he is stupid for not recognizing his wife on the street the first time? Like, I don't know how he finally recognizes her in a dark bakehouse instead of on the street.
1: I guess, like, for me, it's like, because sometimes if people, like, I just, like, if I'm not looking for somebody yeah. or, like, I'm, I remember them a specific way... And then, like, I just see this, like, it's, like, they look completely different from how I'm seeing yeah. it. My mind's not completely there. I'm not focused on them 100%. I could, it could just slide right past me. And she could probably look, she probably could look different, I guess. Like, because she did poison herself with arsenic. Yeah. So, like, it could have changed the look of her face enough like at that moment oh. in time to like it just slides right past him but when he has his focus on like grabbing her to pull her into the oven he's like really looking at her face like it's up close now and that's when he recognizes her and that's why he recognizes her because he's just like his mind is he's, he's like a horse with blinders on he's like oh, he, you he don't true. see anything that ain't the judge until the judge he kills the judge and then i the blinders come off um so but like also the the guy that played judge turpin uh, in this, um, Edmund Lindek, he was great, he got a nice bass. Creepy as hell. <laughs> Creepy as fuck. I loved it, I love that. Um, I, in, um, oh god, who played Joanna? Um, uh, oh, Betsy Joslin. Yeah. She was good too, like, that's, that's definitely, uh, you couldn't lower the, um, what's it called, the, not the scale, the the key? The key
0: for, like, she, that's a soprano no, role. No, that's a soprano role. Son mm-hmm. Foster's not going to play not. that Well, she's playing Love It no, I can't. <laughs> That joke is not aging well. Um, <laughs> do you want to share the fun little tidbit about Betsy Jocelyn and George Hearn? Oh, yeah, the- they They were married, <laughs> they were married when they did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember... I feel so bad now. We used to make fun of her performance in high school, but, like, it's really good, actually. And, like, jo- yeah. Joanna's such a tough role to crack because, like, on the surface you think, like, oh, how boring and just this ingenue, but she is, fu- she's, she's had just a fucked hard up. fucking life. She's fucked up. And, like, that's what she's doing. Like, we didn't realize yeah. it at the time, but that's what she's doing. That's the bug eyes. That's the, yeah. we mainly made fun of her vibrato, but that's just, it's a really hard role to sing also. Yeah. Like, it's a hard role. Justice for Joanna. Luckily, she's, she lives through this. Yeah. Right. And, like, <laughs> Chris Gronendale is also we I, just hilarious to me as Anthony. Anthony's just hilarious. He has no idea what's going on. He's just in his own little world. Everyone else is in a horror movie, and he's in a romance. Like, even Joanna's in a horror movie while also experiencing a romance, but he is legit just like, oh, I trust this now with my life, and I'm in love, and everything's great. Um, <laughs> There's this, if anyone can track it down, there is a recording of Too Many Mornings from Follies with Chris Gronendale and Bessie Jocelyn that is fucking fantastic. It was on this, like, random Sondheim CD I got from the library one time, and it's impossible to find now. Oh, man. So if anyone has it, <laughs> let me know. Because it's gorgeous. <laughs> Anyways, that's that was a little tidbit for y'all. <laughs>
1: um, I, I, I don't know who I wouldn't have. Like, if I could do my own Sweeney Todd casting... Cause I know that like, you would love to get Raul Esparza in there somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what else is new?
1: <laughs> what else is new? Do you Come have on. any others? Cause like you you know, many more uh, theater people than I do. In terms of like,
0: if you could have like a dream casting. Oh God, put me on the spot. Someone besides <laughs> Raul Esparza. I don't know. Has Has Brian played him? I don't know if he'd be good. Brian Darcy James. No. Something. He's too nice to play. <laughs> he could play Anthony. <laughs> I mean, he would have been a good Anthony twenty years ago. Uh, he'd honestly probably play like the Judge at this point. He'd do Beetle. He could do be- Beatles like a Beetle needs to be a countertenor. That's like oh. insane because he sings those really high parts at the end. Oh yeah. I don't know. Let me let me think about that. Let me sleep on it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Who's a baritone? Name, for a dollar, name a baritone in this day and age. <laughs> Joshua Henry's too young. Otherwise, he'd be perfect. Because that is a voice. Gotta let him age a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe in like 10 years, they can they can do another revival and have Joshua Henry play Sweeney. Or just have him do it now, since apparently they're just having y- young folk play him. Now. I still think... Th- I think Josh Groban's too young. It's okay. <laughs> Or at least, at least Annalie Ashford's too young. Like I like the I I like this new idea, this casting the replacement of Sutton Foster and Aaron Tveit, because I like the idea of an older Mrs. Lovett just like <laughs> cougaring <laughs> in on Sweeney. <laughs> I'll take that. Ah. Uh, but ugh, God, I have so many tangents. I'm so sorry. No, I, you're fine. <laughs> I, this the show means
1: a lot to me. <laughs> Aaron Tveit does not look forty years old, but I've got a lot of. But layers, he is. He, he is. is. I'm yeah. like, what
0: the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. So tits huge. <laughs> What? Look at look up the picture, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, so originally, um,
1: the best way to talk about something taught us to go back to its origins, of course. So this is our, I guess, our real event, because it was a penny dreadful that was published from 1846 to 47. It was called A String of Pearls, a domestic romance, uh, alternately titled The Sailor's Grift. Uh, and that's the first literary appearance of Sweeney Todd. And it was, suppo- it was supposed to be written, uh, supposedly, either by James Malcolm Reiner or uh, Thomas Peckett Prest. Or they both co-wrote it, because like, they weren't allowed to put their names on a penny dreadful back then. It was like an anonymous thing. Um, so it was like published in like a series uh like it wasn't all at once. It was just a series of little parts that came out over and over. like it would do one part then they do another and then another, and then eventually they collected it all into a book. Um, and it's a lot, lot longer. There's a lot more that goes on it in than in the in the musical, obviously. there's a lot of changed. Um, so it was like eighteen weekly parts. it was was published in edward lloyd's the people's periodical and family library uh from november of 1846 to march of 1847. there was a scholarly annotated edition of the string of pearls published in 2007 by the oxford university press with the title sweeney todd the demon barber of fleet street um industrialization is a theme that contributes to the story so because sweeney todd owns a barbershop in the middle of one of the busiest industrial parts of the growing city of london um industrialism was resulted in an increasing crime rate which was exploited by the penny dreadful stories um which is also where uh there is a story called varney the vampire that was also published from uh, 1845 47 Uh, it introduced a lot of the tropes present in vampire fiction recognizable today uh it was the first story to ever refer to like vampires having sharp teeth which is really interesting um and they were, po- Penny Dreadfuls were cheap, popul- popular serial literature produced during the 19th century in the UK. Um, it was also, like, roughly interchangeable with Penny Horrible, Penny Awful, and Penny Blood. Um, so it's, like, takes, like, weekly parts of 8 to 16 pages, each costing one penny. So it was uh, sensational stories if focused on the exploits of detectives, criminals, supernatural entities, um, they featured characters such as Winnie Todd, Dick Turpin, Barney the Vampire, and spring Jack. Jack. Um, there was up to a hundred publishers of Penny Fiction by the 1850s. Um, more than a million voice periodicals were sold per week by the 1860s and 70s. Um, it was the f- described by the Guardian as Britain's first taste of mass-produced popular culture for the young and the Victorian equivalent of video games. <laughs> so it was just really cheaply made stuff that was like on... Um, these, these, uh, whatever they called, like, these really, like, just really sh- cheap shit, like, they're meant to be, like, thrown away, basically. <laughs> like, um, little pamphlets or whatever? Yeah, like, like, pamphlets, and they were, like, made from, like, mulch print and stuff like that. So, they were affordable to working class readers, and they were con- very cheaper, much cheaper than the serialized novels of authors like Charles Dickens, which cost, like, 12 pennies per part or a shilling at that time. Um, There'd be like reprints or sometimes rewrites of early gothic thrillers such as the castle of Otranto or the Monk and there's also like new stories about famous criminals. Um, There was the first ever Penny Blood published in 1836 was called Lives of the Most Notorious Highwaymen Footpads and Company. The story continued over 60 issues, uh, each eight pages of tightly packed text with one-half page illustrations. yeah, so there's like there's like some people were able to these some of these survived um, all these years, and so there's pictures of them on on lines that show like what the original illustrations looked like and how the wording was written around these illustrations, and so there's like one where Sweeney Todd's murdering a victim in his in his nice little chair to send down to <laughs> to send down to Mrs. Lovett um, in the pie shop. So the historical basis for Sweeney Todd, swinging back around to that, um, there has been speculated that uh, Joseph Fuchs, who served as minister of police in Paris from 1799 to 1815, had records in the archives of police that explored murders committed in the 1800s by a Parisian barber. barber. Um, Fuchs mentioned that the barber was in league with a neighboring pastry cook who made pies out of the victims and sold them for human consumption. Uh, but there is question about the authenticity of this account, because yet the tale was republished in 1824 under the headline, mm-hmm. A Terrific Story of the Rue de la Harpe, Paris in the Telltale, a London magazine. Um, so perhaps Thomas Press scouring publications for ideas, read about the Paris case and stored it away for later use. Um, there's like no mention of Todd's trial or execution in of official records, um, and there's no, like no real evidence that he ever really existed there's no public records of any existence of a London barber by the name of Sweeney Todd during the 18th century or a barbershop located on Fleet Street uh, there were any the word of mouth true crime and horror stories at the time uh, however reported in the Old Bailey section of the Times of London as well as other daily newspapers uh, news commonly traveled by word of mouth as the majority of the population was still illiterate and could become embellished in the retelling from person to person uh, so some news might still be assumed factual because there was no way of proving otherwise at the time. Uh, even Charles Dickens got in on this because, um... <laughs> <in bitch>. his <laughs> So he had the Pickwick papers, um, and Pickwick's Cockney servant Sam Weller states that a pie man used cats for beefsteak, veal, and kidney according to the demand and re- recommends that people should buy pies only when you know the lady has-, has made it and is quite sure it ain't kitten. He expanded on the idea of using non-traditional sources for meat pie in Martin Chuzzlewit, and that was published two years before The String of Pearls and included a character by the name of Tom Pinch who feels lucky that his own evil genius did not lead him into the dens of any of those preparers of cannibalistic pastry who are represented in many country legends as doing a lively retail business in the Metropolis and worries that John Westlock will begin to be afraid that I have strayed into one of those streets where the countrymen are murdered and that I have been made into meat pies or some such horrible thing. Um, so there's like, the theater, there was a theater play, uh, done in 1847 called The String of Pearls, or The Feet of Fleet Street, and then 1979 is when, uh, Stephen Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler did the Sweeney Todd of, the Sweeney Todd Sweeney right, Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, um, and then following that was the official film recording of the Broadway musical starring Angela Lansbury. Um, there was a 1928 film of Sweeney Todd and then also one in 1936 that was an adaption of the 1940s 80, 1847 play and then also the movie that was directed by Tim Burton in uh, 2007. And there's also some uh, mentions of Sweeney Todd in move in a film, not a film. TV, because uh, there was a TV series called Salem. Uh, he, there's a guy called Thomas who's a Sweeney Todd-like character who's a barber and mortician, and it's implied that he uses human meat in his meat pies, uh, as well as 1980, 1997's The Tale of Sweeney Todd as a TV movie by Showtime with Ben Kingsley. Um, it uses the characters Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett in the general premise, but it's an original story. Uh, so it's, it's very popular it's one of the more rec- recognizable penny dreadfuls um so it's still like people are still like is it real and it's like probably not but it's a great story <laughs> it got traveled world of mouth and it just kept getting embellished because you know it's kind of like a it's like an urban legend yeah it's yeah. like an urban legends because it could things could have changed as people were telling it to one another like you know the phone mm-hmm. game where you like whisper something into yeah. someone's ear and yeah. it goes on and on but it's fun. I'm like, Steven Sondheim taking this, and he's like, yeah, let's make a musical out of this so that I can mm-hmm. see it. Perfect, yeah. Fucking guy, man. What a great, what a great, what a genius, like, to just come up with that. Who's doing it like him? It's
0: like when people have these preconceived, like, conceptions of what a musical is, it's like, you're... Look at Sweeney Todd. Yeah, like, like, do you really think that that's like all other musicals that you th- that you think about? Like the more horror musicals. musicals. More <laughs> horror musicals. Yeah. Period. I mean, this is probably the most popular one. This in Little Shop. Yeah. With it's this. it's so good though. I, I know I know what it is, you multiple times. I was just bopping along to the music. This music I've known for like two decades at this point. I'm just like it's so. I'm just like it's so good. Like during Amis, oh, I'm like this song is so good. It's like we know. This <laughs> <laughs> is so random. Okay.
1: Imprinted on my brain. Like I'll never forget. Can
0: like, kiss, kiss me so fuck a bop. Like I'm so <laughs> mad that the movie cut it. Like,
1: you know. Oh, I forgot the movie cut it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, Jeez. Joanna barely gets to do anything in that movie.
1: Let her have some agency. Like, at least in the musical, she has some agency, like, within her. Like, imagine, like, for, like, 15 years, you're being creeped on by Uh, your, like, guardian. Yeah. And, like, locked up in this house and, like, just probably just fucked up. And, like, it's as amazing she's as sane as she is.
0: Yeah, honestly. Good for her, though. Good for her. Is
1: this, is this musical gay? Or could it be considered gay?
0: Buy all your murder weapons at Home Depot. God, much. It was written by a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was men- worth, that's worth mentioning, you know. Hell yeah. But like, um, it's it's pretty straight. Otherwise, it's very, <laughs> it's very. You got Anthony and Joanna, and then you got Sweeney obsessing over Lucy, and then you got Mrs. Lovett obsessing over Sweeney Todd. Um. But then, the, if we made this an all-women production, that would be a lesbian love triangle, and oh, that's hell good. Yes. <laughs> Lesbian love friend let's go I don't know do you I, can you find anything clear about Sweeney? not really he's very very
1: obsessed with his wife mm-hmm. wife guy wife, wife, wife guy wife, wife guy um I don't know yeah this it's it's pretty it is pretty straight, but like I said, maybe one day we can get that all woman cast going and really change the game up a bit, yeah. Like a gay but like it's it's such a good musical that I don't even mind that at all. Like the story itself, like is
0: it's it's just too it's just too good. I can't ignore Ooh, it. Oh I know who should play Sweeney. Oh What's her name? Fuck. Keep talking <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I also, like, apparently uh, in New Zealand a high school, I found this out the other day, they, uh, there was some uproar, a little trouble, because they actually used a real fucking razor. And, oh God, like, stupid. they nicked two people with the damn thing. I'm like, you thought they would have stopped that one <laughs> the first time. Like, stupid! don't use real props, that, like, real actual shit that can cut you.
0: God. Okay, I found it. I want Beth Malone from Fun Home to play Sweeney. <laughs>
1: Yes! yes. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Looking over at the picture. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell yeah, brother! Let's do it. Okay, that's all. <laughs> that's
0: all this is all I got. That is absolutely alright. Yeah. So any final thoughts that you have? I mean, what is there to say about, like I said, it's a goddamn masterpiece. I don't know what to tell you. You don't, you don't need me to tell you that. <laughs> Just watch it. If you haven't, please watch it and re-watch it because it's always just fun to rewatch. watch This is what we watched on New Year's Eve instead of, like, going out in New York City. We just watched it. Which Sweetie was top. so
1: sane of us, actually. Yeah. Like, we were just out during, like, around lunchtime and there was a freaking line along this big barricade to just let people into Times Square. And I was like, yeah, this is a good idea just to go
0: home. And yeah, what if we- <laughs> One thing about me means- is I'm gonna go home. <laughs> and I did. Uh, yeah, any final thoughts for you? It's
1: such a great, I think it's a great intro to, like, musicals in general. Because, like, it's yeah. such a such a good stage. Especially if you got really good actors and their parts and how well they commit to it. Because, like, Angela Lansbury, she's just, like, committing to it. Yeah. yeah. And I absolutely love that of her. So, like, if, if you don't commit, then it's not as good. But if you're just going to go wild with it, then let's go. Um, you can, I like I said, I recommend going to, like, your library. They probably have a copy available or... You know, just, just, like, however you, however you can find it and watch it, I absolutely recommend it. It's worth it, um, because there's not a lot of, like, pro-shot theater productions, which I am always in favor for. Like, I would love to have Broadway, like, if they're going to close a show, pro-shot it and then put it online. Like, even if you have to pay for it, at least, like, people can have, like, it's more accessible because people, not everyone can, like, come up to New York and watch a Broadway musical because they don't have the money or the ability to, to travel it so
0: yeah we're lucky that most of the original sondheim productions got pro shots like i don't know what kind of deal he had but thank god yeah thank god for him um like this
1: like even this musical even had a korean production back in 2016 um which i think is really cool when like other countries do musicals Mm -hmm. that were originally in america so love it absolutely love it it's a great um it's a great one. Like I I love that Angel Lansbury wasn't adverse convinced to play it. And then Steven Sondheim's like, No, like this. It's so it's like she's like this and then she's like, Oh, okay, no, yeah, I'll definitely play it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, she's horny as fuck. Oh, okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Hall Hall camp. I love it. Um and it's just fun songs. Just fun songs all around and just wonder just a wonderful time. There's you really can't go wrong with it. And plus it's like because I know that there are people out there that like don't watch horror because it's too much. This isn't even that much at all. It's not yeah, even scary. I mean,
0: uh, it's, it's a like, great little
1: horror thing. You can you can absolutely watch. Yeah, because
0: like I mean, it's barely it's stage blood. It's it's. it's very like, obviously stage blood. <laughs> yeah, there's no splash zone in this one, so like you can handle it. <laughs> there is a D'Angelo Land Lansbury jump scare at the end, though. <laughs> She's suddenly <laughs> there. I don't know how she gets there. <laughs>
1: Alright, so, shall we wind down?
0: Sure. Right. You old letterbox. You letterbox. Did I talk about fellow travelers yet?
1: No, I don't think so. <gasps> fellow travelers, you guys.
0: <laughs> it's so good. This is not horror related, but it's very gay. Ooh. Um, ooh! Wait, do you know what it is? <laughs> I've, I've heard, heard about it. Heard about, okay. i heard about it, yeah. It's these two guys, it starts in the 50s during, like, the Lavender Scare, and one of them, they both work in government, one of them works oh, for, um what's this fuck? You know, Joseph McCarthy. Oh, McCarthyism time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I kind of, I'd heard of the Lavender Scare before, but I didn't know, like, the details of it and how, like, fucking intense it was for gay people, um, specifically. So that was a fun little education, but it follows these two guys and their, like, broadening relationship from then into the 80s. Mm. Um... <laughs> When I pitched this to someone, I was like, and you can guess where it goes from the 80s. And he's like, where? (laughs) Have you heard of the 80s crisis? (laughs) Jesus. Sorry to put someone on blast, but (laughs) I was just (laughs) like, okay. Um, But it's, I think, I like that we've reached a point, because like, I guess some people have been complaining about fellow travelers Mm. uh, because it's a sad story or because it, talks about these moments in history that gay men went through. But it's like, okay, but these these happened. And yeah. like, we have enough happy gay stories. Like, we have enough, like, Hallmark is making them now. So I think we're also allowed to have this as a spectrum. Yeah. Especially when it's well made like this. And there's two out gay actors doing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that adds an extra level to it. It was kind of, I got kind of emotional, like, thinking about it. Because uh, for some reason, I just thought about how Rock Hudson would have played a really good... Matt oh. Bomer's character. I'm like, can you imagine if Rock got to do something like this? And like, how cool is it that Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey get to do this? I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, but that's a that's for another day. Just thinking about Rock Hudson. Yeah, we all <laughs> We'll have to do seconds sometime. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, well, oh, we have to talk about Saw the musical. Yeah. Right? I wanted to do an episode on that, and else like, that's not accessible. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Um. What a fantastic musical. What a fantastic... Yeah, so it's called Saw, a musical parody. That's how they got a... That's how they're trying to get away with it from Lionsgate. Apparently Lionsgate is not happy that they made this <laughs> gay parody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they <laughs> backed themselves into a corner. <laughs> they really
0: did. Um, but yeah, it, it's literally a three-person cast. There's They have, like, a dummy because there's not enough people. <laughs> there's the whole <laughs> tango with a blow-up sex doll. I, I don't... <laughs> The, there's a girl playing Jigsaw, and she also plays Amanda. And she's just, like, this is what we're dealing with. Like, the guy who plays Adam also plays Lawrence's daughter. Like, this is <laughs> very bare-bones theater. It, this That's the kind of theater I fucking love. Oh, yes! Especially when it's horror. Like, look up reanimated the musical. There was this musical in L.A., Based on Reanimator, that I just, it's like one of my favorite theater experiences ever, and this reminded me of that. And I just that's this is what I love about theater, and, and if you love Saw, you'd love it, just because it's such a great ode to it. Like, and but it's it's also a little parody because it makes fun of like, why didn't he reach for the phone with his shirt? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know we, we can know. break his we break our foot to get like yeah, the chain. <laughs> yeah stuff like that.
1: No, it was, it was, there was a, there was a, like, a lot of people that were in the theater with us Mm -hmm. that saw it, and also it's, it's, uh, the guy who made it, his wife directed it, and they're both bi, so it's created by LGBT people, um, they got great merch, they got great great merch, merch. um, and it's, we should post the link for the merch, yes, yeah, shout out to Saw the Musical, we'll tag them, (laughs) I wonder if (laughs) they have um, but no, it's, it's going to LA, so yeah. if you are, if you are in LA and you want to see it, absolutely. Um, I, I just love how much, there's like, say it was so fun, too. It made me laugh a lot. Like, I, my face hurt from just, like, grinning the whole time. It was, it was just so fun and ridiculous. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I can't wait to see it
0: again. <laughs> and then anything else? Uh, oh, I saw all of us strangers today. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Saltburn. <laughs> Saltburn. It, it's funny because it's like so polarizing, and I am very mid on it. I was like, "Yeah, that was that that happened." Um, I think I probably would have liked it more if people didn't spoil all the wild ass stuff that happens in it for me. Because you know, I like knew all the wild shit that was gonna happen. Oh, I just noticed the D train is on your watch list. Fuck yeah, watch it. <laughs> it's on my watch. I will watch it. <laughs>
1: My letterbox is open.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I can't read. I don't read.
1: <laughs> um, so I I'm d I am do not remember when we recorded, but I probably had watched Insidious the Red Door by the time we recorded for the sacrifice game. Um, but I did watch Talk to Me, finally. I just, like, when it got to that one sequence when, like, the little younger brother's possessed and shit, I just went, skip! (laughs) (laughs) Until when they were calling the police. Oh, it's, it's fucked up. I've heard. Um, And then I watched The Boy and the Heron, um, on Christmas Day, (laughs) Uh, new Miyazaka, new the Miyazaki movie and Robert Pattinson, if there was an Oscar category for best voice actor you would win it in <laughs> this movie. You just went full ham on it. I love it. Came into the recording room like this is the voice I was thinking of doing for this guy. <laughs> um, he's crazy. Um, I love him. He's great. Uh, I also watched the movie called The Monster that was made by the same guy who did the Strangers movie that still fucks up everybody because <laughs> it's just... Ugh it's a lot um but it was a good it's a fun little time i enjoyed it um i also watched the 1998 godzilla where he looks completely different from every other iteration of godzilla and invades new york city um matthew broderick's there oh that one (laughs) i saw that in theaters and um hank azaria he's Mm -hmm. from the simpsons he's he's there too um that's the only people (laughs) i know in that cast sorry oh and um he, he's like the like french guy that everybody puts in like their films if they need like a french actor they're like this fucking guy jean jean renault or something like that oh okay i like i saw him and i was like that guy i know him from mission impossible <laughs> yes probably <laughs> probably and the 1998 godzilla is so funny because like real godzilla heads are like they call it gino godzilla in name only because <laughs> um, like it's it, that's all it is is Godzilla name only um uh, <laughs> which I think it's so funny it was a fun time um and then of course watched Sweeney Todd uh so that's that's pretty much what I've been up to because now it's the first because we're recording this on the first day of 2024 which that's Ooh, not a real year
0: that's not <laughs>
1: Uh, I hate Time keeps passing and there's no stopping it. Um, So I haven't, I've been trying to read more often. I'm reading The Vampire Lestat uh, and I'm ready for Interview with a Vampire Season 2. They've started teasing Season 2 already. And I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, So that's really what I've been up to. Um, Besides that, I've just been working because the holidays are finally over for us retail people. And it's dying down because everyone's finally leaving after the new year. So go home, go home, and bother your own city, please and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what, that's what I've been up to. But um, we're gonna go see Gutenberg in a couple days yeah. together. Or so and uh, Kate's going to see was How How to Dance in Ohio. Yeah. Tomorrow. So. Yeah.
0: We're
1: gonna see the, see all the plays, see all the all the theater we can while yep. they're visiting. So, yeah, this was, it was really fun to watch Sweeney Todd with you. That was, that was great. That was so that was fun. A, a great musical. way to end the, in 2023, I know, honestly. I
0: agree. <laughs> watch musicals. Do it. Watch more. Watch slime tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. Google it. Mm-hmm. All right. You can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. We're all, I'm probably talking about Saw the Musical. Oh, <laughs> And you can find
1: me at LM Designs on Twitter, and our podcast is at Horror Time Pod on Twitter. If you like what we do and would like to support us going forward, you can give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's usually just for the algorithms, uh, just to kick it around to other people, and maybe they can discover us. Um, if you have any friends or people that you know that would like to know more about horror but just can't watch it, we're really good for that as well. Uh, Thanks for surviving another year with us. Here's to another year, hopefully, of this. I can't believe we're on episode 92.
0: Goddamn.
1: We're just going right along. So we will see you guys for February's movie. So until then, have fun, stay safe, and see you later. Bye. Bye.